Hey, what a great day this is going to be. I, I, uh, I can't wait to share with you this message today as we begin a brand new collection of sermons that we're entitling Roots. And uh, My hope over the next several weeks is that as you would tune in and lean in, uh, that God would strengthen your faith, that the roots of your faith would be stronger than they've ever been. And I believe that there is an unshakable hope and an unshakable faith that's available to us as believers. Uh, this morning I want to read First uh, Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 15, uh, reading it out of the NIV this morning. Let me read this to you. This is what the word says. It says, but in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer. In other words, the pop quiz could come at any time, right? Like you thought you were all done with school, but the pop quiz could come anytime. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that's in you. You be ready to give an answer to the hope that's in you, but do this with gentleness and respect gentleness and respect the the apostle peter is writing to us saying hey always be ready with the reason for why you believe now i i think that could be intimidating for some of us like how do you take this huge experience of faith this life-changing encounter with jesus how do you how do you take this moment this experience and try to condense it down into some soundbite or something that you could just share out with somebody and maybe uh you're somebody that uh when when people talk about sharing your faith you get a little intimidated like it scares you like like we're going to give them give you a microphone and make you talk or something and and that's not necessarily what what peter is talking about but in our everyday lives we want to be ready to talk about our faith and in this series we want to help you uh, i want to help you to grab a hold of what is our faith what does it mean to be a follower of jesus what is it that we hold on to the beliefs that we grab to as we move move forward uh, but i think a lot of us when we think about our faith we think about our our relationship with god it's kind of hard to describe and even articulate what it is that's going on have you ever uh, maybe maybe you're like me and you've had these moments where you're at a loss for words you ever you ever experienced that where somebody asks you a question or you experience something so transcendent that like man you are at a loss for words maybe as a parent it's that dreaded moment when your child walks up to you and says hey mom uh, where where do babies come from? And all of a sudden, like the look of panic is all over your face as a mo- face as a mom, and and you respond like every reasonable, loving mom would respond. And you would just look at your child and, with all the hope that you can muster, say, "Go ask your father. It's his problem." Right? Like like you have these moments where we just find ourselves maybe at a loss for words. I. Uh, over the last uh, week, uh, we've been doing this thing on social media with our church where our staff is going live on our social platforms and we're, um, we're, we're doing this series called Answer Me This. And uh, recently in one of uh, the ones that my wife and I did earlier this week, we started talking about Ireland and it started me thinking about how much I loved being in Ireland, the beauty of the land, the people, the culture, uh, and I remember being there and experiencing so many different things that, to be honest, even to this day, 
I'm having a hard time like re-articulating or re-describing all that I experience because there are some things in life that you can experience, but they're hard to explain. We have these unfathomable, uh, unexplainable phenomenons in, 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 phenomenons in our life where, where we're experience one thing but have a hard time explaining it it's it's one of those where you're like man you just got to see it to believe it you've got to experience it to know it and for you that may have been your that may have be your experience with jesus right like he has totally radically transformed who you are and you're like i don't know how to tell you about this you just got to kind of experience it for yourself or maybe it was like that uh, we've heard people describe their experience at faith church like that like it it's hard to explain you just have to come and experience it and and i think that there's a component to our faith where we want to understand what our faith is rooted in so that we do have the opportunity to explain it and to give reason for our hope but how do you take something so massive like our faith and like articulate it in a small simple compact way this was really the trouble that the early church was facing in fact in 325 AD, there was a council of believers and, and church leaders that came together uh, called the Council of Nicaea, and they met in this place to really language out, write down, and articulate what it is that is central and core to the beliefs that we have as followers of Jesus. They, they tried to take the teachings of the apostles and, 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 and by this time, things had progressed and moved forward and the word of God had been expanded. And, and so they were trying to give followers of Jesus a concise yet clear conviction and understanding as to what it meant to be a follower, to be a believer, to be a Christian in those days. And so they, they, they came together in the Council of Nicaea and they came together and they, they, they expounded on what was known as the Apostles' Creed and they, they wrote what it is today known as the Nicene Creed. Now the Nicene Creed is this collection and concise statement as to what it is that, that we believe. The, the word creed comes from the Latin word credo, which simply means I believe. I believe. It's a statement of belief. Statements again and again, a creed of saying, I believe this, I believe this, I believe this. And, and it became this rallying point for the early church where they were clear and understood exactly at the core, at the center, at the, at the most, most basic truth, what it meant to be a follower of Jesus. You realize that there are over 800,000 words in the Bible. Nearly a million words in Scripture. Now, if I were to come to you and say, hey, what is it that you believe? And you just say the Bible. Well, you just told me there's almost a million different things that you believe. A million different truths and words that are stated. And what the Nicene Creed uh, attempts to do, and it, it does for the, the church throughout history and even for us today, is it, it condenses down these 800-something thousand words, nearly a million words printed in this Bible, down to 226 words. We go from this huge idea down to these few statements of faith. Uh, I, I want you to understand that over the next few weeks, we're going to be diving into this creed. We're going to look at it kind of section by section. And really examine what do we believe? 
We want you at home and your family as followers of Jesus, as people a part of Faith Church, to be able to say with confidence, I believe this, I believe this, that there's this, this resolve and understanding something that becomes resolute in you that says, this is what I believe. Now, now I want to give us a, a couple of cautions here because uh, depending on your church background, depending on where you came from, uh, you, you may have grown up in a faith tradition where like the Nicene Creed was a part of your worship experience every week and it was your liturgy. It was the, the thing that you did as part of your worship and it became uh, kind of almost a legalistic mantra um, and it became this thing. I want to caution us today that the creed, it is a consolidation. It's not an incantation. Now I borrowed this phrase from Pastor Levi Lusco because he, he stated it so beautifully. The creed is a consolidation, not an incantation. In other words, it's not some Harry Potter uh, Christianized version that if you say the creed seven times in a week, then you're going to be visited by the ghost of Peter and have uh, new visions and all of a sudden they'll have this super experience. No, it's not some like incantation that we just chant and say and no, 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 it's much more of a, a consolidation. It's much more of a, a, a condensed version. It, it's not a replacement for scripture. It's just a consolidation of what is within the scriptures. And you remember, uh, maybe you did it as a, as a kid, your mom would buy those little packets of Kool-Aid. Those packets of Kool-Aid were a concentrated uh, powder that when put into water created this, this new beverage, something refreshing that you would drink on the summer. Uh, had different flavors, of course, and different things that you got to do. And it was a wonderful uh, little drink. And, and, and I think what the creed tries to do is to take these big ideas and put them into a concentrated, power-packed set of statements that allows us to know exactly what we believe. In fact, today I've titled this message, It's Time to Drink the Kool-Aid, right? It's time to drink the Kool-Aid. We're going to get out the powdered form of what is in Scripture condensed down to this creed. It is the irreducible minimums that if you're going to be a follower of Jesus, that the things in this creed, man, they really are the irreducible minimums of what it means to be a follower of Jesus. This is what it looks like. At the bare minimum, when we say, I am a Christian, what we're saying we believe, it's this. This is the concentrated Kool-Aid packet, if you will, of what it means to be a follower of Jesus and to be a believer in him. Now, another question, it's a logical question for all of us, and that's simply this, like, why do we need a creed? Like, why do we need the Nicene Creed, Pastor? I mean, isn't it just enough to, like, have scriptures that we memorize? And isn't it good enough just to say that we believe in Jesus and, like, that's, that's it? Well, well, I think believing in Jesus, obviously, is a huge part. It definitely, the Bible says you've got to confess it with your mouth and believe it in your heart. Then you will be saved. So, so it's not, again, it's not a replacement of scripture. It's not a, this is all that we believe. But if you take it down and distill it down and you, you pan out everything and you get it down to a Kool-Aid packet, this is what it means to be a follower of Jesus. And for the early church, they had several reasons why it was important and what kind of prompted them to begin to, to write out this creed. And I think some of those same understandings or purposes are true for us today. In fact, there, there are two that I want to give you today why I think it's important to know what this creed is, why it's important to have things like this, and why it was important for even the, the first saints of old, why they need it. Number one, it's simply this, it's, it's because of heresy. Heresy. 
believe it or not, that even in the early church, right after Jesus was living, there was a lot of misinformation about Jesus. There was a lot of wrong teaching about Jesus. There were um, things, assumptions, wrong beliefs. There were fake teaching. You could say that the early church, they themselves had to deal with some fake news, right? Like it was a part of life. They had to deal with fake news. People were saying certain things that weren't exactly true. There were, there were some wrong beliefs, things as early as like there was no resurrection, they had to deal with false beliefs, heresies, like God is only a feeling. He's an energy. He's this, this, this force that you can feel, which isn't exactly, isn't exactly accurate. They, they thought that there was some, some false teaching, some heresy, that Jesus was only a man, that he wasn't the son of God. Then on the flip side, you had some other teachings that were like he was only the son of God. He wasn't even the son of man, and he wasn't really born of a virgin. That was all lies and false and there were all sorts of things that people uh, twisted and turned ev for, for evil purposes and some unintentionally. There was just wrong information as it relates to the person of Jesus. Listen, for you and I, we want to know what we believe. I don't, I don't want us to be ignorant about the, the truths of what it means to be a follower of, of Jesus. We don't want to fall prey to lies, to deception. We don't, we don't want to be a people that just because it sounds good or someone says it in a polished manner, then that's what it is. We want to have everything rooted in Scripture, taking, taking life from Scripture and allowing us to apply it and moving, moving forward. Just look back at 1 Peter with me for a minute. 1 Peter says, But in your hearts revere Christ as Lord. Listen, if we're going to have an unshakable hope in our lives, if we're going to have roots that are strong in our faith, it always starts with understanding that Christ Jesus is our Lord, that he's in charge, he's the ruler, he's the one we look to, we take our cues from him, we take our hope from him, he's the one that forgives our sins, he's the one that heals us, he's the one that's coming again, he's the king of kings, lord of lords. There is this hope that grows in us, but it all starts when you and I make a decision that he is lord. You don't get to have a different Lord. You don't get to be the Lord of your life. You don't get to sit in the driver's seat. If you're a follower of Jesus, at the very minimum, at the very start, it's simply admitting that you're not God. But you're going to surrender and follow the one true God, Jesus Christ. But in your hearts, Peter says, revere Christ as Lord. And then he goes on to say, you've got to be ready to give an account or to give reason for the hope that is in you. Hope comes in you when Jesus becomes the Lord of your life. That's where the hope comes from. But then look at this last sentence in this verse. It says, but do all of this with gentleness and respect. Just because there's false teachings, just because there's things that people teach that you don't agree with, you don't believe with, or that aren't really um, what you have found to be true in Scripture, um, that doesn't give us a license to be jerks, right? Like, we don't get to be jerks in our life. My goal in this series is not to help you win arguments because now you know the truth and you've got deep understanding and you, you're talking, you know the creed. Like my goal is to not help you win arguments. My goal is to help us be more gentle and respectful and loving and everything we do as we gain information about who Jesus is, about what our faith, about what it is, our creed, our I believe statements, 
Well, my hope is that we become more gentle. We become more full of respect. My, my hope is that you don't have loud arguments, but rather you get to make a large impact as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. That's my goal over the next several weeks. And today we're kind of giving a little bit of the why behind what we're about to teach. I'm, I'm hoping to explain to you why we're going to jump into this creed, why we're going to go into the, 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 the truths taught and found in this consolidated Kool-Aid packet version of what it is that we believe, this potent, powerful understanding. But at the end of the day, I want you to know I'm not here so that you can win loud arguments, but rather so that you can make a large impact as an ambassador, as a brand ambassador of Jesus, somebody who knows what it looks like to live out your faith, to, to live out your faith. See, uh, a lot of times uh, there is a difference, I think. Let me say it this way. There's a difference between a creed and a confession. A creed are these, these statements of what we believe. A confession is what you live out with your life. A creed is a statement of belief. But a confession is application that you live out. If we're going to be ambassadors for Jesus, then we're going to apply the truths that have transformed us to where our lives are living out a message that is attractive, a, a, a life that is, is seen and gra- where people are gravitating towards the life and the joy and the hope. There ought to be a difference in our life because this belief is so in us, it can't help but come from us the bible says in psalms that we need to hide god's word in our heart so that we don't sin against god some of us are so argumentative we're sinning against god because we're breaking relationship with other people that we're called to represent christ to my goal again it's not to help you know more so you can argue better my goal is to help you know more so you can experience god in a richer way and you can live out your faith in a true accurate as the ambassador that God has called you to. There's heresy. There's false teachings in our world. And I want us to be, have roots of understanding that are gaining life from the truth of God's word. The second reason why a creed is important and why it's important for us and why it was important for the early church was because of the simple reality of persecution persecution came against the church they experienced pain they experienced opposition they were losing their lives for the sake of jesus and i think they probably were sitting there like you know if we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna die this week because we believe something uh let's go ahead and nail down exactly what it is that we believe because i would hate to die for something that i don't really believe in right like 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 if you're gonna get thrown to the lions in the roman Colosseum, well i think i want to make sure that i'm doing it for the right reasons that i'm in agreement with this whole set of beliefs and so because persecution was coming they wanted to be crystal clear the why they wanted to know why they believed it why they were willing to give their lives for it i uh for years i did children's ministry and every time i taught kids we would always have participation parts in our service and i'd always ask for volunteers and i love kids right like they're so young and uh, enthusiastic and i would take volunteers and hands would go up and they had no idea what they were volunteering for right like like they had no idea what was about to happen they had no idea that their face was about to be totally covered in whipped cream and they would be snorting this dairy uh for the next five minutes like they had no idea but they were just yay let's go 
I think as followers of Jesus, there's an enthusiasm in us when we experience his presence. But we want to know the reason behind how that experience is transforming us. We want to know why. We want to have these roots, not some religious um, exercise. We're not, we're not digging into the roots of our faith so that we can be historically anchored to something that doesn't allow us to move forward with our faith. No, we want to have these roots that are absolutely a part of church history. There's a unifying factor that comes in us when we recognize that these are things that we don't just believe in this moment, but these are things that have been proven true for centuries where we get to join the great cloud of witnesses in believing the faith together, that there's this unity among us. But the reality is when persecution comes, when trouble comes, when things stop going your way, when, when, when the winds and the storms of life start to blow, when persecution and things aren't panning out the way you thought they were, when, you, when your expectations aren't lining up with, with your experiences, do you bail, do you wither, do you throw out your faith altogether, or does it make you stronger? See, that's what the early church was experiencing. They were experiencing this this sense of persecution, this pain, this opposition that made them more strong, more resolute in the things that God was doing in them. Over the next few weeks, we are going to really dive in and un- begin to understand what it is to have faith in Jesus, to be a follower of Jesus, so that no matter what comes our way, we're still standing. No matter what opposition, no matter what storms, no matter what job loss, no matter what diagnosis, no matter uh, what it's like to live in our house and the chaos of our world, it doesn't matter. We are going to stay strong and have roots that are strong. I know a lot of times when, when we get into starting to, to get into some, some study where we require some teaching and knowledge, uh, I think a lot of times, you know, growing up in church, I heard this all the time, well, we just need to go deeper, Pastor. We just need to have deep faith. We need to get deep into the word. And, and, and I understand the sentiment, but can I, can I just tell you, when the Bible talks about uh, plants that are flourishing, when the Bible talks about a life that is still standing, it actually refers to a strong faith, not a deep faith. I, I believe that it's better to have a strong faith rather than some deep faith that can't be seen, that isn't known, but we want to have a strong system. We want our roots not to be deep, but we want our roots to be strong. We want the strength of the Spirit of God. We, we want to have, I know so many people that have spent their lives growing deep in the knowledge of God, but their faith is weak. They can't stand the test. They can't handle the pain and the opposition and the persecution. They're here today, gone tomorrow, because they've allowed pride to grow because uh, knowledge is what will puff you up. And so to have deep knowledge, but to not have practical application, that's where we become anemic still in our faith. And I don't want you to have a deep understanding of God's word, but a weak faith. I want your faith to grow strong. That's what James was getting at in James chapter 1. Let me read you this this set of scriptures in in James 1, starting in verse 2. It says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of any kind, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work, 
so that you can be mature, complete, or strong, lacking nothing. If any of you, though, would lack wisdom, let him ask God who gives it generously to all without finding fault. In other words, when you are at a place where you need wisdom from God, you can ask God for that wisdom. He's gonna give it to you without shame, without like that, that sarcastic dagger, where like I told you, you should ask me sooner. I don't know why you didn't ask me sooner for my help. I've been here all along. You should have been here a while ago. Like, no, he doesn't find fault in the fact that we have a need. He actually finds joy in meeting our needs and providing what we need. He doesn't find fault and it's given to you. But when you ask, you have to believe and not doubt because the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Such a person is double-minded and unstable in all they do. Listen, I want you to understand something. Being double-minded is one who hasn't made up their mind about God's goodness so they never persevere. It's not somebody who has doubts. He's not saying if you have doubts, then you can't please God. That's not what he's saying. What James is getting at is you cannot doubt the fact that God is good. You have to make up your mind and believe the truth in the creed that says God is the creator of all. He is good. He is for you. He is with you. He's not leaving you. He's not going to forsake you. That even though you're experiencing this deep, painful, rough trial, that you can persevere. See, if you don't make up your mind about God right here, right now, the truth of how you believe and how you're viewing God, and we're going to talk about it next week, our view of God. But if you don't make up your mind right here, right now, when storms and winds and things come in your life, you're going to be like, oh, he's good, he's not good, he's good, he's not good. And we end up not making up our mind as we move forward. We want to stand strong. We want to persevere and have faith that no matter the winds or the waves, the storms, the trouble, we can stand strong. In California, there are these redwood trees huge towering trees they they can grow upwards of 370 feet most are around 30 feet wide they've even cut a hole in some of them where you could drive a car right through them these are towering beautiful majestic hard to explain you have to see it for yourself and one day i hope i get to go out there and see these beautiful trees you know what's interesting? These trees that are so tall yet so strong get lots of rain. They live in, in the right environment. But you know what's interesting about these trees? They don't actually have deep roots. In fact, they're known for their shallow roots that are super strong and connected to something beyond themselves. I believe that if you're going to be a towering redwood, if you're going to grow these seeds of faith that we're believing, you know, that was our, our word for this year as a church, seeds. I believe if we're going to grow to be like redwoods, so tall, so strong that no matter the storm, no matter the season, no matter the, the time that passes by, we can stand at the test of time, the testing of our faith. If we're going to be that kind of resolute, tall, standing, strong, a tree that flourishes no matter what, then I think our roots have to be strong. It's not about going deep. It's about having strong roots I want you to have strong roots, strong roots of faith that produce life, that flourish, that, that bring hope and joy and peace. Hey, I don't want this creed as we get into it to suck the life out of us because it's some historical religious thing. I want it to come alive in us. 
that as we study it, we begin to see Jesus in a fresh way, God in a fresh way, that we, we begin to clear away all the misconceptions and our beliefs get more strong, more concise, more concentrated, more like Kool-Aid packets that are potent and strong and refreshing all at the same time. I want us to be able to drink that, that Kool-Aid. This week, I want to challenge you to begin reciting the Nicene Creed every day. Say it every day. We've got it posted on our central hub. It, 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 I want you to say it every single day this week. Read it by yourself. Read it with your family. Read it together. Uh, but say it every day. Don't let it become some religious exercise that you do again and again and again and again and again. But allow it to get into your heart and to begin germinating seeds of strong, strong faith so that your roots continue to grow strong and we can begin to develop an unshakable hope. Friends, there is an unshakable hope that is available to you. You can have a faith that is unmoved and always solid and strong. And I believe, I believe that as we get into this creed, as we get into the understanding what it is, it doesn't matter the teachings that we've heard, the things that we've heard in our past, it doesn't matter the pain and the persecution that we might even personally be experiencing right now. And I know it's real for many of us. My prayer is that it, the word of God, the life of God, the spirit of God, that our roots would grow strong and we would live in unshakable hope in our lives. So this week, would you read the creed every day? Read it with your family, read it on your own, maybe read it at dinner time, but let's read it. And throughout this series, I, I want to challenge you to, to not only just read it daily, but to begin to almost even memorize it. As we together discover and, and, and declare, we believe these things. And we're going to have an unshakable hope that, that is immovable with strong, strong roots. Can I pray for you today? Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for your people. Lord, many of us are in a place where Man, this week, it was tougher than it was the week before. The uncertainty is getting to us. The, the, the financial pressures are surrounding us. And Lord, maybe for some of us, we've, we've even begun to doubt, God, are you there? Are you present? Lord, I pray that you would help us make up our mind about you. That no matter what our circumstances stay, say, we have a conviction, a creed that we're holding on to that tells us who you are and what it is that we believe that not only is just something that we've made up because of some emotional experience, but Lord, it's tied and it's rooted to something that has had a long, long life. Lord, we, we want to unite with believers everywhere across the world from this time and times past and times yet to come where we together declare what it is that we believe. Lord, I pray that if there would be anyone here today watching this broadcast. Lord, I pray that if they're missing hope, that they would begin to put you as Lord of their lives. Lord, if they're missing peace, they would begin to recognize that you're the one that brings peace. And Lord, if, if, if today there would be uh, any of us, God, that would be so bold as to say we need prayer, Lord, that we would reach out and we would ask for prayer. Lord, that together our roots would link with other believers locally, globally, in this season and in seasons beyond. Lord, that our roots would link up and we would grow strong like these, these strong redwood trees that no matter the season, no matter the storm, 
we're going to stand and continue to flourish in every season. We love you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, everyone. What a great kickoff message to this new collection of messages, Roots, where we can grow stronger in our faith. We're so glad that you joined us today. And if you're new to the stream or you just haven't connected with Faith Church yet, it's easy for you to connect. On all of our streaming platforms, there's a link that you can click on to fill out a digital connect card. Makes it easy for us to connect. Speaking of being connected, if you aren't in a connect group, during this time of isolation, being in encouraging relationships are more important than ever. Connect groups are meeting digitally to encourage each other and to talk about their recent messages. And if you aren't in a connect group yet, head over to the central hub, faithchurchks.org. Click on a connect groups card and take your next step by joining a group today. And also as a quick reminder, we as Faith Church, we've been able to do what we do with our online presence and impacting our community because of you giving regularly. Many of you normally drop off your tithe in our giving boxes, but with not meeting, I wanted to let you know there are additional ways that you can still give. You can mail a check to our physical address, or you can go to the hub and click on give, where there you can give securely online. Well, hey, if you enjoyed today's message, it would mean the world to us if you would like and share this message with a friend. And hey, remember this week, we are for you and we will see you later.